0: Welcome to Christ and Culture, a podcast about two kingdoms, man's kingdom and God's kingdom and how they collide. What's up, guys? What's up, man? I'm so glad you guys are back. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. I got my boy uh, Clayton Carver here. Hello, hello. So uh, he's a resident C.S. Lewis expert, man. (laughs) tell Tell us a little bit about how and what... All this C.S. Lewis stuff is to you.
1: Well, maybe not expert, but I'm getting there, working on it. (laughs) But yes, I am currently pursuing a Ph.D. in apologetics at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, And then my particular area of interest is C.S. Lewis and his thought and his writing. So that'll be my dissertation topic, um, particularly on an argument he has called the argument from desire, um, which has Mm -hmm. a lot of massive... Theological apologetic implications to it, uh, but yeah, that's me for
0: sure. Wow, dude, and I, 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 the uh, study of desire, huh?
1: Yes, yes. So this this idea that he has this idea of this inner longing that people have for something transcendent and um, outside of a Christian world, you can't really identify what that is, um, mm-hmm. but that he believes it's something that's placed within a human being by God, and I think there's a lot of implications there on. Being made in the image of God and yeah. and the proper understanding of what a human being is, yeah, um, for sure. so it's a very fascinating idea.
0: Cool, it's like that God-shaped hole. Absolutely, yeah,
1: that, that's exactly. Okay. it. Yeah,
0: I've seen a little bit of that. I think uh, I watched. Uh, it was either um, the guy that I can't even think of his name right now, but. Uh, also, the, God, the God-shaped
1: hole guy. Yeah, Blaise was, Pascal.
0: No, 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 no. It was actually just a, an a actor and an athlete, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he was. Oh, like, okay. he was like, man, I, I can't figure out what's going on. He's like, there's just something missing. I've got all this stuff, and then even uh, the quarterback for the Patriots, or he's for the Buccaneers now, Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to remember his name, but he that's said right. uh, he's like won six Super Bowls, and it's like he's got a God-shaped hole in his heart. He's like literally said that. You know, that's yep. funny how people can say that. And then don't recognize the implications of what they're saying. Yeah. That there's yeah. only one thing that can kind of, like, fill all that void that seems empty in our lives. Is, yeah, is yeah. That. So that's cool, man, that you're writing on that, man. Because C.S. Lewis, I just uh, actually watched a couple of his movies. Um, well, I guess they're not his movies, but they are his movies. But uh, the, the three that came out not recently, probably got 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been a little bit now. But, yeah, yeah Chronicles of Narnia. So yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. They're good. They're good, not great. Um yeah. But Netflix is coming out with a series now. Yeah, that's I'm, what I heard. Yeah, very yeah. excited about
0: that. Yeah, I'm ready for that too. I'm super excited, man. I thought those movies were, were awesome, but I haven't read the books. So
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> books it's, books are a little bit different. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, there's always like a, a difference between books and movies. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh, I watched <laughs> Lord of the Rings, which they say is pretty good as compared to the books, but then there's like just so much more detail in the books for Lord of the Rings. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, And so today we're actually going to do the same thing. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. Now, I have not read the books, but Uh-oh, I have. oh people,
1: people's flags are going up.
0: <laughs> but I have watched the movies, and the movies are pretty amazing. I, I actually enjoyed them a whole lot. There's a whole world that I wasn't introduced to. And or that I am now introduced to but uh, for you what are you are you a movie or a book Harry Potter
1: well I've done both so um,
0: well which one's better
1: I think the the quality of course the books are better because mm. that's you get the whole story right yeah for sure um, I will say I've probably I've no not probably I have seen the movies more than I've read the books it's been it's been a while since I've read the books because I read them not as they were coming out but pretty close after yeah. Um so it's been a little bit, but I'll watch the movies regularly. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely more familiar with the, the the film version of the story than the book. But I do think the book is better because you get, especially the last book, mm-hmm. you get you get so much more. Oh yeah, um, so much more information because yeah, they had break the last one yeah. down
0: into two because yeah. there was so much information. Yeah, well,
1: and they, yeah, they still leave stuff out, very crucial stuff. Out. Oh wow,
0: oh, yeah. wow, wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah,
1: I mean, they leave out entire. They essentially leave out in all of Dumbledore's backstory, which they're now making a whole spinoff series uh, yeah,
0: about. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, because people have been asking me to uh, uh, that I should read, like, a, there's like a chapter about... There's a
1: whole chapter that yeah, just breaks good. down his whole backstory in these new Fantastic Beast movies that yeah. they make. That's, 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 supposed that's to be the material the, they're growing off of. Yeah.
0: So that, that's uh, crazy to have a whole nother set of movies launched. From just a chapter in a book. hmm
1: Yeah, there's a lot there.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool, man. Uh let me ask you something, man. Well, actually, um, I know that uh I think it's the Goblet of Fire was like supposed to, It's like a really huge book, but a small movie that they took a lot of stuff out of. Was it it's, that one?
1: Yeah, I think I think page wise Goblet of Fire is the biggest one. Uh. Um and it's about it, it's it's one of the longer movies though. I mean, it's almost three hours. I think it's about two forty. It
0: yeah, it's a long but movie. When they first, it's a good me- movie too, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. When when yeah. they first made it, the proposal was to do a four hour movie. Oh wow! Like maybe even put an intermission in. <laughs> um, I mean, it was good. I, yeah. I probably
0: would have continued to watch it, man. It yeah, was actually. I, I would have been movie. down. am not.
1: I'm not complaining. But yeah, if you've. For anybody who's read the books, they notice that the first one and the second one are kind of the same length. They're kind of normal length, I'd say. Third one's a little bit bigger, and then four through seven, they're just they are fat. Yeah, there's a lot of story. There's a lot of story. So, and and a film, it's just you gotta, you just gotta tell the basics essentially.
0: Yeah. What's uh, what's your uh, favorite film or slash book?
1: My favorite is Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and from what I've Red. I'm kind of the outlier on that. That tends to be people's least favorite, and I think yeah. I think it's the most crucial book of all of them. I think it's the hinge of the whole story.
0: So, is it book that's your favorite or a movie that's your favorite?
1: Um, book and movie, actually. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, I think that's what the one they did the best job on. I like the aesthetic that they have. I noticed it was yeah. really neat if you if you're a fan of the books and you've paid attention. Um, the the aesthetic of the movie matches literally the published cover of the book.
0: Oh, so, like yeah. the
1: first and the second movies have more of a goldish tint to them. Yeah. The cover of The Order of the Phoenix is blue, so it's got this bluish aesthetic oh. to it. Oh, wow. Um, Goblet of Fire is green. Um, um, That's cool. Half-Blood man. of the Prince is dark green and purple, and then. Yeah. Um, um, Definitely, how just back to gold again. So it's neat how the filmmakers did that, and yeah, for uh, sure. So. Yeah, I, think, I also heard yeah.
0: that uh, that uh, Half Blood Prince man was uh, they cut out a lot in that because it was a lot deeper story for that. There's man. a lot.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean all of them. There's just a ton cut yeah. out on it, and and, and
0: um, it's really you can't really uh, capture sometimes in video form what is in the books because there's just so much. There, that goes yeah, on there's so the
1: much one, well, and, and people are like, well, how? I mean, it's not that big. I'm like, well, have you ever. If you see an audiobook version of a book, I mean, they're hours long. <laughs> hours long because they're giving you the whole thing, and that's what a movie would be like if
0: they're giving you the whole thing. Yeah, it would be super long, yeah. man. Let me ask you a question, man, because I know this is super controversial. You know what I'm saying? Harry Potter, witchcraft, what? you no know, de- devils, evils, you know, spirits. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but as a kid, were you banned from reading, or what, what was your idea of Harry Potter when he was younger?
1: I have never once been banned from reading Harry Potter. Um... Mm-hmm. Okay. I think in my family, uh, my, I think my oldest brother was the one who read them first. Um, and then my dad got into it, and then I did. So, oh, so you had been, the whole
0: family out there. Yeah,
1: it. Yeah, it's been the whole family involved. Um, you know, it's also kind of nostalgic for me because, like, Every Harry Potter movie that's come out, and even the new Fantastic Beast ones, is something me and my dad have always gone to see together. Oh, so wow, it's kind that's of cool. something we've done since the first one came out in what, 2001, I think. So yep,
0: I had no 20, clue.
1: Yeah, about 20 years now of, of of us going to do that. So it's kind of a, it's something we've always done. It's never been. It's never been a problem yeah. in my
0: house. Oh, that's cool. It's never been a problem. My parents never cared about Harry Potter, or nothing. But I was around people where they were like, yeah. "You uh, can't read that stuff because yeah. of the content of the material."
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I had friends at school who were, you know, their their mom and dad would not let them would not let them anywhere near it. Um, I Man, mean, that's wouldn't insane, even yeah, 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 that's crazy to, stuff. I had to be sure not to
0: put The movies in if they came over, you know, don't want them banned from their yeah, buddies' house, yeah, then I would get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny to me that they do that because it seems like these books or the movies I don't know the books, but if I refer to them as either, I'm talking about both.
1: Yes, the story, <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. the story, yeah, because the story seems to have a lot of rich, um, um, I would call Christian themes, you know, uh, just because of the fact that all people, I believe, have like a heart and desire to know God. Kind of actually goes back to what you're talking about your dissertation or your doctoral uh, stuff is going to be on because it's like there's a longing in us for something greater. And you can see it in our everyday life all the time. And it seems like it comes out in these books, man, with a theme, a big theme. So let me, let me ask you before I, I, I uh, <clears throat> tell you what mine is, but what do you think the, the biggest theme is throughout these books?
1: The biggest theme? I mean, I guess the o- the overarching theme is pretty basic struggle of good and evil. Um, there are specifically Christian ideas, I think, in the book, um, whether she intended them to or not. And I actually think she did. Intend. Yeah, I
0: actually read an article and she was talking about how some of those, the themes in the book, she actually intended as Christian messages.
1: Yes. She said in an interview in about 2007, right before the fifth movie came out, um, because that's the same time the last book was about to get published. Hmm. Um, she said in an interview with MTV, of all people, uh, <laughs> she said, "If you've read the New Testament, you know how this story ends." Yeah. So, spoiler: I have read the New Testament. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm I, glad you have. And I was like, "Is she gonna?" And turns out she did. She ended it just the way the Gospels end. Yeah. Um, with maybe we should put a spoiler alert on this episode well, if, shoot, somebody, man, if somebody yeah. hasn't read the book. Yet, they better yeah. read this. They better yeah. read the book. They've been, the been out a little while. A yeah.
0: long time.
1: Yeah. But I mean the there's death and resurrection there's yep. um there's defeating evil in the world but then the evil in the world can't be defeated until you defeat the evil in yourself mm-hmm. um which is not which ironically is something harry on his own is not able to do yeah um i mean there's
0: see that's my theme, man i think throughout the whole movie it's <clears> just <throat> uh friendship or community man yeah it's because dude it's like from the very beginning harry had these these two buddies you know uh, Hermione and Ron, and even though things get rough and tough, you know, they just stick together, and they're able to accomplish great things. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, and they and they all come from they all come different. They all come from different backgrounds, and they start to form this community over this one idea. You know, you have you have Ron who was raised in it. Yeah. Right. So he knows yeah, he hundred percent in all, man. all about it. Yeah. Right. You have Harry who was not raised in it, but all of his family knows the truth and did not tell him.
0: Yeah,
1: there's a lesson there, and then uh, there's Hermione who is not in the world. Her parents are not a, in the world. Um, they're muggles. Yeah, they're muggles. They're all muggles. She's a she's a mudblood and uh, comes and into gets the, introduced wor- into this like into the family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they all have these different backgrounds, and yet they they're become united around this this one mission because of. Um, this thing that that holds them together.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a it's a wonderful thing, man. I just enjoy the uh, the story of it, man. And I did a, a video on it actually about the themes of this book because that family theme is not just Ron in in his uh, in his uh, uh, Ron, not just Harry. <laughs> it's yeah. like I got Pete Ron at all That's the right. people, yeah, but yeah. it's not just Ron, Harry, and Hermione. But it's also uh, now I'm gonna have a hard time talking about these other names because they don't. F- just forming my head, but the blind kid, you know, Drake, Drago. Draco Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Draco and his family, man. Mm-hmm. And just the, uh, the struggle that they feel about at first being a family, but then also being a part of this larger family, which is the, mm-hmm. the bad guys with, uh, the, the marks on their arms, yep. death eaters, you know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because I know at the end, uh, I missed this because I was talking during the movie and I should have not been, but she, uh, has his mom asked Harry about, whether draco was still alive you know mm-hmm. and he was like yeah and because of that she actually allowed harry to live because she cared about her family yeah more than she did about this yeah. dude you know
1: yeah the, the the malfoy family struggles are very interesting because you see a family at the beginning of the story you come to find out are actively death eaters actively working to bring voldemort back into the world um and they they do that and they accomplish it. And the moment they get the thing they've been working for, they realize they don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that is um, insane,
0: yeah. man.
1: There's a C.S. Lewis quote that goes along with that. He says, "All get what they want. Um, they do not always like it."
0: Yeah, that's real so, truth, though. <clears throat>
1: yeah, the the Malfoy family is certainly a an interesting dynamic. But there's definitely a lot of family themes when I think of. When I think of um, the community aspect in Harry Potter, I always think of the Weasley family. I think mm. the Weasley family are a great example of what Christian hospitality looks like oh, and, yeah. and Christian community looks like. Um, you just see them; they're just—they're not—they're not wealthy at all. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot, but they care about their family. They care about people. Yeah, um, they're just.
0: The One thing just, they do is they care about people, even outside of their. Uh, if we're speaking in Christian terms, their faith, but outside of the um wizarding world, yes, as they actually want to be a part of and want to talk with the I'm not sure the other world is the normal world because yeah. he's so yeah. fascinated with the people there and wants to get to know them and learn what they do and how they mm-hmm. do it, man. I think that's cool, man. Yeah. They're
1: just they're just they're just wanting to do the right thing yeah. at all times, you know. Yeah, and so.
0: represent who they are in a great way. Yeah. You know? And they suffer
1: for it. Yes, they, they do. They suffer a lot for it. Yeah,
0: for the, what is that, like the arist- aristocratic class? Mm-hmm. Like um, a dude's dad, um, Malfoy's dad, is. Uh, Lucius. Yeah, Lucius, mm-hmm. because uh, there was a scene in the, maybe it's the second episode, the second movie, whenever they're in shopping for the books, mm-hmm. and then uh, little Hermione talking all about her and saying that uh, the Weasleys are talking to this uh, muggle girl or whatever, or, or not a muggle girl, but. Uh, a wizard girl that has muggle parents. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was like, you're making us look bad. And then he was like, no, it's like the way you're acting as a wizard is making the wizarding world look bad. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, dude, that boy, that boy, Ryan, daddy, man, he a beast, man. <laughs> That's right. He yeah. cold, man.
1: Yeah. 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 Arthur Weasley is a, is a man of integrity.
0: He is, yes. man. Yeah. Dude, i tell you what, man. So there are some great characters in this, uh, in this movie, man. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got Harry, uh, fascinating character on his own, and then Ron and Hermione, who I've been told that they actually give Hermione a bunch of stuff that Ron was supposed to do because the the director Christopher Columbus, <laughs> I only remember that because his name is Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. but that uh, he actually um, um, get she gets a lot of uh, of his character traits in movies you know his lines because she liked Hermione, but it's just crazy to think how these characters have such like amazing personalities. You know, like Ron, uh, he's funny guy. I like Ron. Hermione, she's a smart girl, dude. You know, my favorite movie is is uh, Prisoner of Azkaban because of uh, obviously I like time travel, so that's one of the most. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah. but Hermione, dude, she does that so she can take all these classes and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's not what I'd be using time travel for. (laughs) <laughs> oh, right, because uh, she's just so smart. She wants to be the like the best wizard because mm. she came from a background that didn't have wizardry, and she ends up being that way. You know mm. what I'm saying? But there's some great characters, and in this series, the major bad guy is not even the baddest character.
1: He's not the most hated, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's 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 insane to me, man. Mm. It's so uh, Professor Umbridge.
1: Yes, Dolores Jane Umbridge.
0: Yeah, uh, what well, what do you think? Why do you think she's so hated, man?
1: She's the worst, man. (laughs) So she's somebody. So we all know what Voldemort is. Voldemort is just evil. He's out for evil. He's out for himself. He's out to get it all done. I think Umbridge. Umbridge is also evil. But Umbridge is. Oh,
0: we know she evil,
1: bro. Umbridge is evil. But Umbridge believes she's doing the right thing. Hmm. Umbridge. Umbridge is evil in the name of good. Hmm. Which is. Which just. Is repulsive.
0: It is, yeah. You know,
1: for people that 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 are good and trying to do good, um, you know, because she's not, she's not really on Voldemort's side. She's yeah. on the, the She works for the Ministry of Magic, but like, yeah. she's just. I mean, she's got almost the same motives as Voldemort have, just on the other side. So now you're having to fight from within. Yeah, you know. So and she's just, yeah, she's just the worst. I mean, I, I yeah, f- I, I had. I had some teachers growing up that reminded me a lot of her <laughs> um,
0: dude so i tell you I will what
1: not, i will not tell them tell their name yeah don't say the names
0: on here yeah. man I honestly
1: don't remember her name i can see her face i don't remember her name actually
0: yeah. <laughs> i don't think i've ever had a teacher as uh, as bad as as uh, professor umbridge man
1: yeah so I, I grew up in private school and i'm very thankful for that and i had a lot of great teachers um so shout out to the good teachers miss young miss goodman
0: Definitely, man. Um, Yeah, uh, there's there's
1: a lot more. Those are the first two that come to mind. But, uh, but um, teachers shape and mold our brains. Yeah, but then I had I had some teachers where I'm like, you, man, you just wake up angry, don't you? Like you're just (laughs) like I would hate for you to be my mother because you. Are not fun.
0: Yeah, so they constantly wake up on the wrong side of the bed, man. Yeah, there, there's, it's, it's the yeah, right side. There's because being it's the wrong strict. Side.
1: There's being strict, and then there's not being able to handle children being children, and that that's what a lot of them were.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I thought about uh, Umbridge a lot, man. Here, here recently, I've been watching a lot of uh, World War II movies, and I guess she kind of reminds me of like uh, the Nazi regime. You know what I mean? In the sense that uh, what is. Uh, her, her mode of interest is to not allow moguls into their society and even so much so that it is uh, uh the what is it like the the kids that come from moguls and actually have wizarding powers mm-hmm. she wants to destroy them too man mm-hmm. now I'm not saying that's why um that's why. Uh, she's so hated. Actually, I think you're right about hated. Which, which, the, it, which it could be
1: though, because what you just described is Voldemort's motive. Yeah. he wants a he wants a magic dominant world, mm-hmm. and he's sitting over here going, "Hold on, we're the we're the powerful ones. Why are we the ones that have to be in hiding?
0: Yeah, you know that's that Nietzschean thought, man. Yeah. It's like the you got the uh, sheep mentality. But I think with Voldemort, it's like. You have a sympathy for him because whenever you start looking at his backstory, you start seeing why he's probably so angry at at uh, 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 a moguls because he himself is mixed blood. Mm-hmm. So for him to have this uh, hierarchical type sense of pure bloods are the greatest is just it's cognitive dissonance, and mm-hmm. so it's not because he is better than everybody that he thinks that it's because of the people have treated him such a way, mm-hmm. which caused him to form that mind. And so I thought, you know. I can sympathize with Voldemort, you know. I can say, and I think that's one thing why Umbridge is is more hated than him is because I can sympathize with him. I'm like, okay, I understand why you're doing this. You just need somebody in your life to help you to be a better person. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, now he's probably like 3,000 years old or something, however long he's on. So he, 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 it would be a hard job to turn yeah. that brother back to good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. if he had somebody that walked alongside him uh, uh, when he was younger, which I think Dumbledore actually tried to do, but uh, mm-hmm. it just he would have been turned to a better person, man. But Umbridge, boy, yeah. you, well, she, she's, uh, uh, she is a veneer of what we think should be the right thing to do. Yeah. Cause she's in the ministry of inform or ministry of information. Mm-hmm. That's my job at this yes, church. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> she's in the ministry of magic. And uh you know, so she's in a position where she is supposed to do good. Mm-hmm. She becomes a teacher at the institution and she is supposed to do good, man, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. she don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she uses the very things that that the law says you shouldn't do against them.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Well, and, and that she's she's operating out of fear. You know that that the biggest, the first frustration that Harry and the students have with her is that she takes over as the teach as the um, teacher of defense against the dark arts, mm-hmm.
0: which but, is uh, insane because yeah. I don't think there was ever uh, the same. Teacher Against the Dark Arts? Nope. Every year. Somebody different. <laughs> that was so funny to me yeah. when I was watching that show. It was just like, I was, it was like, uh, who's going to be the new one? Like, uh-huh. I was like who's going to be, man?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So always somebody new, which I think would be a great term for apologetics, defense against the dark arts. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah. I but, like that, but, bro. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um,
1: It'd be great to say, yeah, I have a PhD in def- defense against the dark arts. But uh, <laughs> but alas, I cannot say that. Uh. But like so end of the end of the fourth book, Voldemort comes back, Harry fights him, gets out of there, Cedric Diggory is killed by him.
0: Mm. Rest in and peace. And then
1: the the Minister of Magic and the Ministry are in complete and utter denial that any of that happened. They say, No, yeah. he's not back. Harry's mm. a liar. Um, all of this stuff. So then they send Umbridge to the school as the defense against the dark arts teacher to basically make sure they aren't taught, that. aren't taught to fight against this stuff. And it's like you're you're doing harm in the name of good because yeah. you, because you don't want to believe that there's this problem out here. Mm. Um, you know, and there's what does that say
0: about our world, man? Yeah. You know how we always try and crush the truth because. Uh, we don't want people to see the true world, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that's a big deal in, in Christian man. I'm about to jump off on the side, but I think that's a big deal in, in Christianity today, man. It's like we want to suppress questions in the church, man. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think yeah. that's actually uh, one thing that that you're um, you're pointing to in your uh, education is apologetics, which is so important, man, because I think we need to know how to defend the faith. When we have questions, man, I don't think that we should try and hide them, man, but we should actually ask them. Yeah. Ask people that know about them.
1: Yeah. yeah. Try and
0: find the answers.
1: Yeah. I, I think I think apologetics is the most valuable and underused tool in, in the church right now um, because not even for defending the faith against nonbelievers, uh, that that has, yeah. that has its place. But that's honestly only about 10% of apologetics. Yeah. About 90% of apologetics is discipleship within the church. Definitely, man. And it's about... It's about those people who have questions, who are having doubts or having struggles, and yeah. and the best the average Christian can come up with on Sunday morning is, "Well, honey, you just need to have faith."
0: I know, I hate a, that man. That's, that's the
1: stupidest thing you could say. Because
0: yeah. um, I think the faith that we have in this uh, in this in, in God, the faith that we have in our scriptures is because it bears itself out in reality yeah. and so we need to go find it in reality yeah, and see how and that faith does uh have some things that you can't see but it's the same way as sitting in a chair it's because it's faithful so Mm. i'll sit in a chair you know yeah
1: faith is not a blind allegiance yeah faith is something to be worked out philippians says yeah Um, faith is something to be exercised faith is something to be used um and and part of that is Having doubts and asking questions—it's—it's it's okay to have doubts. Yeah. Jesus asked questions when he was dying on the cross. Yeah. For okay. Sure. So it's—it's it's okay to have questions and um, got to find the to have, to have a place to ask those and and it—it it, it started, you know, in recent decades. It started with questions and doubts were not welcome like you said Mm -hmm. i think now it's morphed into this age of this this is not an age of information this is an age of over information Mm. it's an age of too much information almost um where it's people pick and choose the facts they want um and normally normally we think that's just a secular problem but it isn't i think it's a church problem too we pick and choose the facts we want and and an age of social media and quick information, we have lost the ability. Like people literally don't have the ability to stop and think about something anymore. Mm. Um, their brains aren't trained that way. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make me better um, because because a, a, a doctoral program teaches you how to do that. Um, it's just that's the age we live in, and people people don't want to sit down and think about something. They just want to be spoon-fed information. Um, and they say, "Well, I think this source is trustworthy, so I'm whatever. I'm just going to relay what this person says, and I'm gonna yeah. if this person says it, I'm just going to reject it." Um, yeah, I think and, that's
0: a big thing right there, man. It's like uh, with so much information, over information, it's like uh, we don't really have people that know what they're talking about, talking about things, mm-hmm. and so they just put stuff out there. But have no research or background in understanding it, finding out where it actually originated from, formulating the ideas in a, in a in a good way. It's just people have an ability to just talk about something.
1: Yeah, when people's like, oh, it's so great, anybody can have a platform now. I'm like, yeah, that's an awful idea. Most of you people don't need one.
0: I know. Yeah, some people you don't know? need one. They don't yeah. understand it, man. Yeah, the, and,
1: yeah the, the the yeah the last thing like. Like the last thing you need to be doing is talking. You need to be listening. Yes. These people over here can be talking because they've spent the last however long listening, yes. and now they're ready to speak. You're yeah, not. I know. You know. So I'm. I'm. I'm in that listening stage. You know. And yet here I am doing a podcast with you. <laughs>
0: I, I'm, but we're always listening. Yeah, we're, but we're there always. Should, there we should always should be. be to...
1: There should always be both present, right? But one that's should right. be more right. present than others. And, and that's I, right. I'm a student, so I'm still much more on the listening than I am the talking right now. So.
0: Bro, I'm on the listening to you cuz I know you you want a higher stage than me. <laughs> so, I'm trying to listen to you, my brother. Yeah,
1: well, well. But I'll, you're right, dude. I'll do I think my best we here.
0: <laughs> You're doing a great job, yeah. man. But you're right though. I think that is a good thing cuz with the the overloading of information, it is something that we have to remember that yeah, it's good to uh look at these stuff on the internet, but you got to see how much they're listening. Like how much do they know and how do they know Ooh. it? Because just because they say something doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's wrong either. Yeah.
1: And on top of that, are you listening to hear them? or Are you listening to respond? Mm. Whereas I have, I have my, I have my arsenal of, of responses already to the hot button issues. You know yeah. that, you, that you see all the catchphrases going out. So I've got, I've got my gun loaded with all my responses. Mm. Well, I'll do this one. Okay, they came back. Well, I'll do this one. They came back. It's because you're not.
0: You're, Actively listening. There's,
1: you're not having a conversation. A conversation is, I say something, you take that, respond to it, and then you respond back. That's not what we're doing anymore. I'm saying my catchphrase, and then you're saying yours. Yeah. So we're just taking turns saying stuff.
0: Yeah. And that's not a conversation. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, that's a big deal today too, because there are a lot of hot topics out there, and they are catchphrases. And sometimes the people the catchphrases people use, they don't even understand them.
1: Yeah. That's true. A, that's a big deal right yeah. there. But to tie that all back to what you had me on here for, for, <laughs> for Harry Potter, um, I think I think it actually does come into it. Um, like you said, it's it's a controversial thing of reading Harry Potter or watching Harry Potter, um mm-hmm. or just magic or fiction or a lot of a lot of entertainment choices. Um as a Christian, my favorite genre of movie is horror.
0: <laughs> okay. What kind of horror though? Is it horror horror or is it is stabbing horror? Is it is it uh like a cultic horror is it uh well a lot of
1: so i mean it depends on what you're watching like a lot of horror movies today are you know supernatural based Mm -hmm. um because we're so secular we're afraid of the spiritual realm yeah you know and you can Mm, that's a good point it's very my, my my doctoral supervisor had a i don't know if it was a student he supervised or a student he went to school with but he had a student at another seminary who wrote his dissertation Arguing that whatever whatever given decade you look at, you can look at the horror films and you can figure out what the culture was afraid of. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, because they all follow kind of the same. That's why the 80s was full of serial killers. And yeah. now we're, we're, we're filled with things like The Conjuring and Supernatural yeah. things because we are so postmodern and we are so naturalistic and, and secular yeah that anything spiritual or non-physical just freaks us out
0: yeah um so Man, you're right because some of the best uh scary movies of this time are uh, of that i know um what is it uh a lot of people are, are freaking out because of hereditary and that was a, a very uh yeah that uh, was
1: one that was one even i'm going let's pump the brakes on that one i i, I did see that one and i saw the ending and that one, that's one of the few that's that's convicted me, and I'm like, okay, I don't think I can watch that one again because that was just blatant defiance against the biblical God, mm-hmm. like outright.
0: Yeah. So I'm
1: like, okay, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, that's not there's that's, some evil stuff that, in that, this. That's world, not a, man. you, are you? Are, I'm gonna get away from you because you got something coming. Um, <laughs> so but, anyways, it's you know, all these controversial Harry Potter and horror and, and, and entertainment and all these different avenues that were presented with and christians were trying to think through how can you one can you engage and two if you can how um it's just a matter of um because we've lost that ability to think i i, I don't think that we're able to engage with things that i think can be helpful um like a fiction story like harry potter in a culture that's very story-driven, in a mm-hmm. culture that loves stories, I mean, what's the what's the question you always ask a new person now? It's not we used to just say, "Well, tell me about yourself," but now we phrase, "Well, what's your story?" <laughs>
0: yeah, because we love we love
1: yeah. we love the idea of a story. Our my, yeah. our generation is very artistic. Our generation is very expressive. Our generation wants to wants to wants to believe that their little life is part of something bigger, mm-hmm. and that's what a story does. Um, so. Things like Harry Potter can be helpful in those avenues and those discussions. I think in, in trying to share the gospel with somebody, um, but if we're if we're too busy afraid of it because we haven't thought through what exactly it is, then I think we're we're sacrificing a valuable and helpful tool that we could have had.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm gonna say, man, because thinking about that with uh, uh, what you said about hereditary and then what we we're talking about about Harry Potter, it's like, is there a place? for the Christian to be watching this this entertainment. And uh, I think it's uh, one thing you also said is that that guy had wrote uh, his dissertation or, or doctoral paper on understanding what the people were afraid of by watching the horror. Mm-hmm. It's like movies tell you what the world is like. Mm-hmm. You know? And so for me personally, I'm answering my own question, but I think that movies just give us insight to who, we are because we're living in this kind of culture, but who yeah. that we need to minister to? What do you, What do you think about these movies, man? Like that? Yes.
1: Yeah, so stories, stories, um, in my opinion, are simply a worldview at work. It's mm. the director or the author or the playwright telling you what he he or she believes about the world, um, and when you look at it. You, you start to to figure that out. That can be from a Christian perspective or a non-Christian perspective, right? You have the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. which are um, very Christian-based fiction. And when you sit down and look at it, you can see that a little more clearly in Narnia because it's allegory, mm-hmm. and a little less clearly in Lord of the Rings because it's typology. But it's still in there, and you can definitely see it. Um, and then, But then you have something like Harry Potter, which is not explicitly Christian, um, I think J.K. Rowling says she goes to church, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I know but that like, she
0: said something about her religion, and yeah, the, but she don't really yeah. believe
1: it. So. But there's still elements in that story that you can that you can see and relate back to the Christian worldview. It might take a little bit of of connecting the dots, right? Um, but I think all, almost all stories have those elephant elements, if not all of them, because um, it goes back to. To, to my dissertation topic, I think, because we are wired a certain way. Yeah, definitely. Um, we understand the story of reality to be. Could you try again? Okay, now your phone's talking to us.
0: Dang, Siri, how you even picked that up?
1: Yeah, but, but anyway, it goes back to, no, she's still talking. No, she's done. Okay. but <laughs> She uh, just wanted to jump in on the conversation, yeah, sure, man. Sure, it's cool, man, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, like, I think human beings naturally – understand the story of reality. And Romans 1 tells us that. Romans 1 tells us that everybody knows the truth. Yeah. Everybody knows that God exists. And you you do one of two things with that. You either acknowledge it and you worship the true God or you suppress that truth. But the idea of suppressing that truth means that it's still in there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that it's gone away. Um, So you think about um Genesis 1, the the foundational identity of a human being is that we're made in the image of God. That's the first thing the Bible says about what a human being yeah, is. Yeah, that's what so, makes us human. So man created God in his own image. That's what a human mm-hmm. being is, is the image of God. Something An image is something that is supposed to reflect the true object. Right. Mm-hmm. A proper image properly reflects the true object, and that's what Adam and Eve were as, as the original human beings. Uh, but then you get to Genesis 3, right? You have the fall. Mm. You have that image broken and marred by sin, um, but there's no biblical indication that that image ever leaves a person. No. That that's, that that's what a person is. Um, but then you have to fast forward through all of that. And um, so now that image meant to reflect a new God, the, the, the true God, um, Romans 1 now says trades creator for creation. Yeah. So instead yeah. of being the proper image of what it's meant to reflect, it's it's reflecting the broken world around it because it itself is broken. Mm. And mm, um, you think about if there's if there's the sin around the the human soul. Think about it like I always tell people. Think about it like a prism. How a prism bends light. So light's going and then it gets bent. Mm-hmm. Um, think about sin kind of like a prism. So that image and that that innate desire for God that I'm going to write about. Um, it's it's coming out of out of the person. And it's meant to connect with the God that created it for that proper relationship. But the sin bends that, and it gets bent, and instead of ending up on on the Creator, it ends up back at creation. So the soul now thinks that the creation is what it's meant for and what it's meant to satisfy. It. Yeah. So we send up chasing our own sinful desires and the things of the world. The Bible says instead of chasing after God, which is what we're meant to do, and we find that. Um, and this is where the argument for desire comes in. We find that those things don't satisfy this longing that's driving us um, yeah. because they weren't meant to. Yeah. Um, and I think our stories um, tell us that. Our stories tell, even even non-Christian stories, that they see a world that's broken. They see every author is going to tell you of a, a person who's in the world. They see something wrong with the world. They don't think the world should be that way, and they set out against almost insurmountable obstacles to overcome and, and set that thing right in the world.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, now, the secular story is going to tell you that that person can pull that off, but the Christian story tells you that we can't, and somebody had to come do that for us, yeah. right? So, um, and I think that's where something like Harry Potter comes in. Harry um, knows that what Voldemort is doing is wrong, and Voldemort has to be removed from the world because that's not how the world's supposed to be. Um, but then, spoil, spoiler alert, um, Harry finds out that part of Voldemort's soul lives in Harry. Because, for in a nutshell, uh, Voldemort has figured out how to split his soul into multiple pieces. He puts them into these things called horcruxes. He's
0: a horcrux, man! Harry's yeah. a horcrux!
1: And these things called horcruxes, so if Voldemort ever gets killed, he can come back to life. And um, the night that Voldemort kills Harry's parents... Um, he accidentally creates a new horcrux, the, and the part of his soul that is still around attaches itself to Harry. Um, and there's a lot of implications that you look back on the story of that's why Harry is the way he is a lot of times. And um, mm. but It's for, also
0: maybe why the Dursleys are the way they are.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe that, that, that's a theory out there. That is a theory out there. Um uh, because you see later in the seventh book, when a Horcrux is present, it really, it's almost like the ring in the Lord of the Rings. It really weighs people down and it changes them. And, um, when a Horcrux is present for that long, you know, maybe that has an effect. But uh,
0: cause he started becoming like, what is it? Him and, uh, Dudley actually like, uh, made up at the
1: end. Eventually yeah, they do become friends, but yeah. So, um, you see that and you see that, um, Ultimately, for the evil to be defeated, the evil that's in Harry has to be destroyed. Yeah. Um, So Harry has to willingly sacrifice himself for the greater good. um, And in doing so, destroys the evil within him. But then the chosen one, they call him, is brought back to life. Hmm. And in his resurrection is now free to defeat the evil in the world. (laughs) So now... That's not a one-to-one correlation to Jesus, because then that would mean Jesus had sin, and he did not. Yeah. But but there there is a a death and resurrection element that the savior character of the story had to sacrifice himself to defeat the evil in the world, which is in line with the biblical story. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have. The same element of Harry just being a, a, a man and having to die to himself to become who he's truly supposed yeah. to be, which is a which is a lesson for us and dying to sin and yeah. and coming back to who we were supposed to be. Yeah, because um,
0: I was gonna say is that uh, it's also that little something that you said a little bit of that evil within himself that has to die, mm-hmm. is that it has to be killed and that Jesus is the one that 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 dies for it. But what does the Bible say constantly? It says that uh, we die with Christ, mm-hmm. and then we rise in Christ. Uh-huh. And so for uh, Harry, it could be a picture of us dying with Christ. We're having yeah. to, to die and then raise to be able to defeat the evil in this world. Yeah. And it's only through that death and resurrection in Christ that yeah. we have the ability to overcome uh, um, the evil in this world. Man. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it's not an explicitly Christian story, but at the same time, we
0: recognize these themes. We recognize yeah. them,
1: and that millions, if not billions, of people in the world have related to it. I mean, yeah. there's only one book in human history that's outsold the Harry Potter series. You know what it is? The Bible. The man. Bible. It's <laughs> The only book.
0: I didn't know that it was that. Uh, it was that. Uh, yeah, famous too. Yeah. All so,
1: right. um, yeah. So people have related to this story, and, and numerous other stories with themes of love and sacrifice yeah, and sacrifice. good overcoming evil we yeah. think we just think it's naturally right for good to overcome evil, but why would we think that if if we live in a world of of no truth or no morality, yeah um it's almost like
0: and in a world where it doesn't even sometimes appear that good overcomes evil mm-hmm. man, you
1: know in a world that I have no reference point for telling me what is good and what is evil mm-hmm. so but why do we think these things and I think mm-hmm.
0: It goes back it's to that something, spark. That it's, God something, has, uh, it's something, or his image. Actually, that, yeah. it's something mm. that
1: Lewis hit on: is that every every natural desire that we have has a corresponding object that fulfills it, and that human beings have an ab, have a desire within them for a transcendent object. Therefore, if that's a natural desire, then some sort of transcendent object must exist.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, C.S. Lewis actually said something like the problem with us is they say the problem is our desires he says no it's not our desires that is the problem is that we desire too less uh,
1: yeah it, that our, yeah our god finds our desires not too strong but too weak uh, you know that we are we're like a little kid playing in the mud and he prefers to just stay there and play in the mud because he's not able to imagine how great a vacation to the beach would be Mm. Um, and Lewis says we are we're far too easily pleased. Yeah, you know yeah. people think well you're just not satisfied. and You're always chasing. that no, you, it's that you settle. You settle for things like food and drink and sex and partying and 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 money and and status.
0: Yeah. When
1: when the God who created you offers you Himself an eternal life <laughs> with Him, and you'd rather have money that you know you can't take with you, or you'd rather have a stat, you'd rather have status that's going to last, if you're lucky, twenty years. Yeah. You know, you're telling me that is better than if God were real, that God wants to know you personally.
0: Mm, yeah the God of the universe Mm. bro that's good man that's good I guess we're gonna end on that man I appreciate you coming by man it's been such a good conversation just I know we were talking about Harry Potter but man you have uh, uh, we talked on a bunch got off in the weeds there a little bit (laughs) but it was a beautiful conversation man and it has helped me helped me to grow man so I appreciate your content on uh, C.S. Lewis as well that's a that's that's the guy right there, man. He's one of the the uh people I, I read whenever I first started coming to Christianity. He's done a, a great thing, man. Is there anything that you want to uh say before we take off, or is that it?
1: No, man, I'm good. Just thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. I love talking about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I may have to have you on and talk about specifically C.S. Lewis here soon. Oh, right? don't tempt right. me with a good time. <laughs> for sure. Well, I appreciate you guys for listening as well. And uh, check out uh, Clayton. You got anything that you like uh, where you're at or uh, what you do or any any news they can get on you? If um, they wanna.
1: I'm on Twitter. Um, at Clayton T. Carver, I think, I think is my tag. So, you can follow me on there. You can add me on Facebook. Um, It's whatever. Yeah.
0: For sure. Well, we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you in the next episode.